It's great to think about your ideas and have your aspirations, but it's more important to take action. You are now listening to We Are Crayons, the podcast. Conversations with Trinidad and Tobago's creative thinkers and makers. We'll delve into their processes, their struggles, and what drives them to execute continually as creative individuals. I'm your host, Danu McNichol. Do enjoy. Today we have with us Risa Lessie. Did I pronounce that right? Yes. <laughs> so Risa, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. <laughs> no problem at all. So tell us who you are and what do you do? I am the founder of Things TT, which is a local um, marketing platform essentially for small businesses and creators. It takes the form of a market that is held seasonally as well as an e-commerce platform that allows these vendors to sell and explore new markets. So before we really get into that aspect of things, I want to find out who you are as a person. What drove you into all things creative? <laughs> um, I would say I was always very creative. I remember being maybe four years old and telling my mother that I wanted to be an artist. And she said to me, maybe, you know, you ought to think about other careers. <laughs> and why, why is that? <laughs> Um, I guess old school thinking. She okay. was an academic, so right. kind of pushing ah, okay. me in that way. Right. Um, so I never really um, let go of the passion or just being creative. She'd always encourage me, but she'd always, you know, underline, you know, academics, academics. So um, I started off just kind of drawing and then I did a little bit of graphic design um, clothing design and in me exploring the fashion industry, I realized that, you know, there weren't a lot of opportunities for fashion designers and creators to really sell their products, especially if they were starting up and they, you know, they weren't part of a, a clique or they weren't fortunate enough to, to have some sort of connection in the industry. So I decided that I wanted to actually do a blog mm. to bring awareness to other people in the fashion industry. The blog is actually still online. It, it was the Blue Sky Tie-Dye Trend Report. <laughs> wow, what a name. <laughs> I know, right? Just very young and very creative and extra with the names. <laughs> you know, the vendors as well, you know, voice the same concern that there aren't sufficient opportunities for them to mm. expand their network and even to sell their products and basically thrive. Right. So that year, which was 2012, mm -hmm. I started to explore the idea. I was familiar with my good friend. She lived in Chicago. Mm -hmm. They had a lot of like street art festivals and pop-up shops and right. craft markets being very popular at that time. And I actually visited her, went to one of the events and I was like, this is amazing. We should have something like this in Trinidad. And that's kind of where the idea was originally formed. And I held the first market in 2013, mm. you know, just to kind of test out the waters. I had a very small goal. I wanted to just have 20 vendors together. Right. Um, I remember actually walking through Port of Spain and Tunapuna and handing out flyers to right, see who to would be interested or to get vendors yeah to okay. get vendors to, um, right. to participate because i had no real network other right. than the few persons that mm. i knew which was probably five 
and I wanted to get to 20. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where the idea started. And well, the first market, it was quite a success. Mm. Um, the first market was all, also at the university. Mm -hmm. So I had the support of that community to come out and, you know, check out the event. And everyone was really excited because it was the first time for a lot of these students experiencing something like this. A lot of them were very surprised at that quality of product could come out of Trinidad and Tobago. There's this perception that, you know, crafty things are, you know, flimsy or they aren't stylish. Um, at, at that time, at least, and not so much now, I think that perception has changed. So it, Yeah, because there are yeah. quite a few markets yeah. now. And there's a lot more awareness now, I would say, than when I first started the, the, mm -hmm. the market. Mm -hmm. So how challenging was it for you to put on that first event? Honestly, mm -hmm. it was not very challenging for me because I was very detail oriented. So I had a list right. that had the simplest detail in it mm -hmm. and achieving that or, or taking off the items on the list was easy. The hard part for me mm -hmm. was getting the confidence to share the idea with other people. Mm. So when I first started to plan the event, I shared it with no one. I kept it to myself because I felt as though I was not prepared to deal with any negative feedback. Mm -hmm. So I remember the first time I shared it with my mom was when I officially booked the hall. Right. So that was a, a huge risk. You know, there was no real turning back. So right. I think that was the most challenging part, getting confident enough in the idea mm -hmm. to share it with other people. In terms of developing the idea then, so did you like have like not even like one person to bounce something you just like not took even. the leap of faith and said yeah yeah this is what i'm going to do i told no one i started with an excel document and did up a, a business plan because it was around the same time as graduating and just you know learning about how to do a business plan so so you studied business then or yeah i yeah? i um i majored in management at ue so i said let me let me put, put this, this together and see yeah? <laughs> you know how how it is right awesome so how many years since then have you been doing it's been consistent since 2013 it's a few times for the year so oh, okay. usually three to four oh wow times. That's, yeah that's, that's quite a run <laughs> how then do you find new people or is it the same people that you have coming back to the market every single time or do you get new well vendors? the first market that i had was probably about 25 persons and it's since grown the most amount of persons i ever had was 130 persons it's a huge market now um, wow okay. congrats <laughs> thank you <laughs> But a lot of my day one supporters are, are still with me, or even if they're, they're not with me, it's because, you know, they've taken a different direction. They've either gotten a storefront or they've just grown as a business and, you know, have grown out of that space. Mm -hmm. So even though a few of them are, are repeats, I always get new inquiries because I think how I've positioned my market, it's really the first place for you to kind of try and explore and get new customers. Mm -hmm. So. You get businesses within the range of like just startup, like persons who probably would have started up a month before to about maybe two, three years. Mm -hmm. So it's new, new businesses new, okay. Okay. that it attracts. Do you vet the products at all or are you just? Yes. Yeah, yeah, so how? we have um, mm -hmm. a registration process. I have an 80-20 rule. Mm -hmm. So 80% of my vendors, I like to ensure that they pre-eat their own products. It's either handmade or it's produced locally. 80% of the vendors fall within that category. And the next 20% are startups that sell a product that's unique 
to mm. that um, audience that I have, or they are university students, or they are nonprofit organizations that are trying to bring awareness or trying to sell to that market. But the registration process is is pretty simple. You know, they give me a little insight into their business, their product, and you know, we review it to just make sure that it's in line with what our audience is interested in. What's one of the most memorable products over the years? Uh, that's a very, very hard question. I want to say all, but that sounds like a politically <laughs> correct Yes, answer. I would say so. Um, I think a lot of unique products pass mm -hmm. through the market. So I once had a vendor that he was into upcycling. So he used empty alcohol bottles to create lamps and various light fixtures. So that was really, really interesting. You have artists that are there on the spot, you know, they're drawing you as a, a caricature and, you know, an anime and things like that. So that's also very interesting. And then I think it's memorable when you see um, a vendor start off with maybe like cold press soaps and have expanded to a range of products you know they now have like six seven eight mm -hmm. different um types of products i think all of them are pretty memorable <laughs> <laughs> that's great if you could walk me through how you've grown mm -hmm. the market the steps you've taken to ensure that it continues to grow from when you started to now um so one of the tactics that i have applied is commitment to myself to do something new every year mm. so when it first started it was just the event mm -hmm. the second phase was to use that database to send to companies who may be looking for local producers who do certain things who can supply them um so that's the second phase the third phase was actually uh, adding the e-commerce front to it the fourth phase was, you know, kind of um, doing digital marketing for some of these companies. That has been my growth strategy to do something new every year. This year, I have been one of the goals I've set for Things City is to mm -hmm. do a lot more collaboration with creative people in the industry. So most recently, I had a live with Patrice from Uncovered mm -hmm. to discuss just some topics around um, growing a business within the creative industry, some of the struggles, some of the opportunities to look out for. Mm -hmm. And the next upcoming collaboration I have is with Shelly Ann Gajida, who is a Trinidadian based in the UK, and she has a company called Alpha Studio that mentors small business to take them to the next level. So this year right. it's a lot about collaboration and I think that is kind of the trend across mm -hmm. the board. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are into collaboration. It's, mm -hmm. it's really um, powerful as an individual, but mm -hmm. it also helps your business to grow. Has there been any advice Say, for instance, you may have heard from somebody else or some, you know, that you kind of use today to, you know, further yourself or if mm -hmm. to pass on to somebody else. One of the things I like to enforce within the community is that it's great to think about your ideas and have your aspirations, but it's more important to take action. So even though you have a situation, let's say you're looking to do export of your product and the idea that you have in your mind to, to do the exporting is not quite feasible for whatever market restrictions we have in the Caribbean. Don't let that be the end. Find a very creative solution to get your product out there, whether it's having a pop-up shop ever so often when you mm -hmm. go to these countries. You know, just don't let your idea die. Find, reinvent, find a creative solution to, to execute. Mm -hmm. 
do you have any rituals that you use to put yourself in a creative frame of mind? I do have rituals because I also have a traditionally to form. I'm a professional as well. Mm-hmm. I get the most work done when I wake up. So I try to have my power hour for things sitting between like 5.30 a.m. to 7. So that's one of the rituals that I have. The afternoon period, no, I just want to relax. So as soon as I get up, you know, I brush my teeth, wash my face, and then I get down to doing work. I hear that. What has been a sacrifice that you have made mm-hmm. or had to make rather to make this dream a reality? I mean, sleep. <laughs> I love to sleep. So sleep is definitely always going to be at the top of my list. In order to, to have balance between your professional life, your business, personal, I think you have to always sacrifice one or the other at some point. So I think balance is mm-hmm. my is my go-to. Right. So in order for me to balance sometimes, let's say I have work as well as things mm-hmm. city going on i will definitely have to sacrifice you know maybe my social life my some resting that kind of thing i will have to do some sacrifice in there but i always try to balance it throughout the year so for instance on a sunday i don't do any work so i try to squeeze back in you know some personal time in there some rest in there so the the sacrifice kind of comes and goes but you have to try and always get it back to a balance place mm-hmm. are you concerned about the other markets that happened i think that competition is healthy competition helps you to to grow as an individual but it also helps the industry if it's just me alone then there's not sufficient opportunities for the vendors to grow it's not and it's not a, a lucrative field people who thinking about you know starting their own business even want to invest in if there aren't sufficient opportunities i don't see it as a threat or concern what does get concerning is if you see people trying to take your blueprint that is the part that can get concerning but i support many of those markets because i have mine seasonally and sometimes the vendors are looking for additional opportunities mm-hmm. for them to sell i always say hey you know have you heard about this market that market up market green market south market mm-hmm. you know i always mm-hmm. refer them so what or who has helped you persevere and not give up my vendors <laughs> I'm not going to lie, last year was a difficult year because I had um I had some goals set for the business that I didn't achieve for one reason or the other. And it really did get disappointing. And I kind of asked myself to give up, you know, so much at certain times in the year. Is it really worth it? And just having vendors, you know, email you saying how much, you know, they, they love the brand, they love what you bring to the table. And asking when is the next market because they want to participate that really helps to drive how then do you get yourself in that mind space to take on something hard honestly it's just to do it like i i think like most people within my generation i suffer from some degree of anxiety (laughs) (laughs) so you're not alone i have a lot of anxiety especially because the event is on a seasonal basis, I get anxiety when, you know, the time is, is becoming much shorter. Mm-hmm. But what I do is that literally I might write in a piece of paper today, you're mm-hmm. going to send out an email and get yourself in the habit of doing things. That's, that's really how I kind of push myself forward because hey, if I start to feel anxious, my, my default is to just not do it and just sit down and look into space. <laughs> so I think it's just in doing it and I found for, for myself I thrive on the little details so I make notes and 
assigned dates and that's really how I, I push forward. And that's kind of the advice I would have for anyone out there. You need to find what works for you, what gets you going, what gets you to take action and apply that. For a lot of people, it is writing things down. So that's kind of something I'd want to share and push. If you were to have a billboard prominently displayed somewhere, give me one message that you'll put on it. That is a unique question. <laughs> it would definitely have to be something around supporting your own, like supporting small businesses. Trinis love to import things. And, <laughs> you know, we, have, we still have this, this idea that, you know, American made is, is the best. So maybe, I don't know, I would say support local, hashtag support local, which is a hashtag I use across, <laughs> across yeah. the board. So maybe hashtag support local, hashtag things to what do you want to be most remembered for? I want to be most remembered for being invested in anything that I do. So I have two passions. I'm very passionate about my professional life, but I'm also very passionate about my entrepreneurial projects. So the arts, helping persons in the creative industry, growing that industry is very um, close to me. I'm very passionate about it. But so is my profession, which is in digital media. So I think I definitely just want to be remembered as being invested in anything that I do. Today, those are my passions. Tomorrow, it, it may be something else. It may be, I don't know, inclusion of, of persons with disabilities in the workplace. You know, I, I think passions evolve over time. But I think I want to always be remembered for being invested in anything um, that I do. What about digital media excites you so much? Oh my God, everything. <laughs> I'm Tell a me about huge it. nerd. I really like digital media because it allows me to be creative mm -hmm. and to live in a creative world, but also to explore technology and just trends in, in the digital space. From, you know, very young, when my, you know, my mom trying to kind of try to push me in the the academic route, I was just like, okay, well, I mean, I like art, but I guess, all right, what else is out there? Obviously, my interests were around what my environment was. And one of my brothers, he was into information technology. So I had the access of a computer from, you know, very young because that was his world. He lived in, in, in that. So when, you know, he would go to work, I would fiddle and play up in, in his computer with his permission, of course. Yeah, of course. So he's very gracious <laughs> <Right>. to, to <laughs> um, allow me to do so at such right. a young age. Right. Um, and he would always come with um, new challenges to me. So I remember um, one of the first challenges he had was, hey, I have front page installed on my computer, build a website. I was like, what? How do I build a website? At that time, I didn't even think Google was around in, in the way that it, it, it is. I think the search engine I used to use back then was Ask, Ask, ask Jeeves. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I think that's where it started. I experimented a lot in the space um, with messengers and, and that kind of thing. So just having that interest and having that access, um, it was new. It wasn't anything that, you know, a lot of my friends will we're talking about it, I could really relate to. So I spent a lot of time doing research and experimenting with, with projects in there and kind of discovering um, a realm of people like me, people who are creative that also had access to, to technology. I think that's where the, the, 
the interests rose and the fact that it it allowed me to live in the both worlds just naturally it's a it's a passion and i think that the fact too that it's ever evolving and evolving so quickly that excites me i like a challenge and we here put down the phone step away for a little while how do you see that fitting in with using digital media to say for instance sell your market mm-hmm. but then still trying to be cognizant of the fact that people need to disconnect a little bit because we get in like really hope is that something that you struggle with what do you think about that i think balance is extremely important in every single thing you do so it is very important for you to put down your device and exist in the world around you. Because I live in that space, you know, 24-7, when I am home, my phone is in my handbag. I don't, you know, interact. I'm not hooked to the, to the technology. I mean, I, I understand I work within it, but it's very important to maintain a balance. But in terms of how that necessity for balance and how that integrates with you know promoting my market or just in general um promoting in this space the good thing about it is that it's always gonna be there no so we might be stuck to our phone and you know refreshing every five minutes but if i post something at 10 in the morning and you don't log on until three in the evening you're still going to see it so it's not that much of concern for me um, in terms of getting my commercial message across, but it is a concern for me when that balance doesn't exist in general. Do you have any tips to share if I'm just starting out creating a product? Mm-hmm. How can I use digital media mm-hmm. to kind of like spread that, yo, I have this cool new thing I want you to see? Well, I mean, I, I think I share a few pieces of advice. But the first is that firstly, you need to think about how you want to go about doing that. Do you want to start to share it as an individual or do you want to start to create a whole new brand for this this product? And that that is the first thing that you really need to to think about you need to be mindful if you are sharing it as an individual that you need to take a very authentic approach to you so if you are an outgoing person and you are share and you want to bring awareness to your product you need to fit that into your life so if you are more reserved then your approach and your voice for for bringing that out needs to needs to reflect because at the end of the day people are following you as a person if you start to take on um an image or a rule that you are not comfortable in, that causes a disconnect with the audience immediately. People may not be able to directly say that this is why they're not connecting to you, but on a subconscious level, it will be the reason why they're not connecting to you. If you're going to create a separate brand, you need to decide what that voice is going to be and stay very true to that voice because that, that's important. Um, what, what helps growth across social media, um, digital media is authenticity. People like to feel as though the image that they are seeing within this social space is to some degree real. It is what it is. That's why you find so many of these um, influencers thriving is because of their own authenticity on whatever topic they're talking about. Awesome. So tell me, Risa, where can our audience find you and learn more about the markets and when they happen and all of that good stuff? 
Okay, well, I am on three major social media channels, so Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And there is a website, things-tt.com, that you can find out more about the markets or register if you're so interested. Very easy to find. You just look for Things TT. Very easy to remember, and you're likely to find me. I am Risa Lassie. In a big box of crayons, I will be rose gold. Thank you, Risa, for joining us today. Thank you, listeners. And we'll talk to you in the next one. Please share this episode with someone who would find it valuable. And if you haven't yet, subscribe to the show now on Apple Podcasts to get new episodes as they become available. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. It would help us reach other listeners just like you. Find additional content on abigboxofcrayons.com. Follow us on Instagram at abigboxofcrayons. The We Are Crayons podcast is a production of A Big Box of Crayons. All rights reserved. Until next time, friends, remember, we are all the same in the fact that we'll never be the same. Stay colorful.